Now, InfoTrack continues. Once again, here's Chris Whitting. Our next guest has a true rags-to-riches life story, beginning with a tough childhood that could have destroyed his life. But instead, he became an inspiring example of courage and resolve. Here's InfoTrack's Roy Mackey. Roy? Thanks, Chris. Steve Pemberton is one of the nation's most influential black executives as Divisional Vice President and Chief Diversity Officer at Walgreens. Now he's written a book sharing his inspirational story. It's called A Chance in the World, An Orphan Boy, A Mysterious Past, and How He Found a Place to Call Home. Steve, welcome to InfoTrack. Thank you for having me. Your life is truly a rags-to-riches story, so let's start at the beginning, because your childhood was certainly a tough one. It was, and the title of the book best describes it. A Chance in the World was not a title that I came up with, ironically. It was the diary entry of a babysitter who had been asked to drop me off, and he was so disturbed by what he saw that he went home and wrote in his diary the following entry, dropped little Steve off at the latest family his mother is contracting him out to. He cried his heart out. This little boy doesn't have a chance in the world. I was one and a half years old at the time. Hmm. Your mother was an alcoholic? She was. And you eventually, because of that, ended up in a series of foster homes. I did. I was taken from her a couple of years after that entry from the babysitter. And society didn't quite know where I should belong. Should I be with a black family or a white family? Not that it much mattered to me. I just I wanted and needed a safe place. And unfortunately, that's not where I wound up. I bounced from one home to another. A lot of that had to do with my appearance. I'm African-American, I'm light-complexioned, I have blue eyes. I had blonde hair at that age, not anymore. And my last name was Klackowitz. So you have all those things going on and you get asked daily, well, what are you and where do you come from? And the fact of the matter is that I had no idea. The other part of your story is that during your experience in foster homes, there was also some abuse. There was. I lived in one particular foster home for over 10 years, largely forgotten about by the foster care system. There are certainly many good agencies and many wonderful foster families out there, so I don't mean to cast blight or an aspersion upon the entire system. In fact, we need more of those agencies and more foster families. Regrettably so, that just was not my lot. I had a family who largely took me in for money, knew that I had been taken from my mother, and they were rather masterful at shrouding everything about me in this secret and casting one particular picture of me. So as a result, I was quiet and withdrawn, but unfortunately there were many hospitalizations and beatings and malnourishment, and if it were in more current times, I think it would have been the kind of story you would have heard about on national news in some way, shape, or form for the sheer longevity of it all. One of the ways you coped with that abuse was something that put you on a different path. Talk about that and how it turned into a positive thing. Well, I absolutely loved to read as a boy. I don't exactly know when that began. There wasn't a real signature moment. But I just loved the places that books took me. I loved the fact that they would do me no harm. And in the books that I read, everything from fairy tales to mysteries, they transported me to a different place so I could be a scientist, an astronaut, an explorer. I could discover the tomb of King Tutankhamun with Howard Carter, and I could go to the moon with the crew of Apollo 11 and to the depths of the sea with Captain Nemo. I mean, I could be all these magical things. 
It also gave me a value system. So even though I was surrounded by so much evil, where the sense of right and wrong that shapes a child's foundation simply wasn't there for me, but I got it through books. And as we know, most fairy tales bestow lessons of morality and doing the right thing. So it also gave me a lot more than hope. And I understand how powerful hope is and its universality. But when you're in that situation, you really need belief. You need to believe in a different vision and a different existence than the one that you're living. And reading gave me that. Our guest on InfoTrack is Steve Pemberton. He is the author of a book called A Chance in the World, An Orphan Boy, A Mysterious Past, and How He Found a Place to Call Home. Steve, I want to talk about that mysterious past because as an adult, you've spent quite a bit of time trying to connect the dots to figure out what really happened to your family. I have. There was a time when I had actually consciously let it go. I fell in love and got married. I became a father, particularly as I became a father more and more questions about the past, which I had you know, put away and, and moved on simply, came to me through conversations with my children as they got older. They wanted to know where was my mommy and daddy and where did I grow up and with curious children. And we have three very, very curious children. Simple answers uh, would not suffice. They often led to more questions. What I ultimately learned was that I had come from this deeply fractured family on both sides, actually, both my father's side and my mother's side. My father was once one of the top amateur fighters in the world who was tragically murdered at the age of 26 because he fell into a life of drugs and crime when his own family disintegrated after a fire destroyed their home. And he was one of 13. The family completely scattered. Some went to orphanages and other family members. They were never a family again. And I didn't know any of these things growing up. I have no memory of either of them. But when I found that out, the question then became, well, well, now what do you do? Because the books that I read, I developed this vision of family. And I thought that it would be like this Hollywood-like movie where the prodigal son returns and there's a banquet and a feast and welcome home. But I hadn't come from that. And so now the question becomes, now what do you do? Do you feel sorry? Do you lament for what could have been? Or do you chart a different course? You mentioned a moment ago you're a father as well today. How has your experience of this sort of a childhood, how has that influenced your approach to fatherhood? Daily, I was determined, and I remain determined, to write a different chapter for them than the one that I inherited. I mean, we all come into this world as inheritors of something. It could be a great name, it could be great wealth, it could be great fame, or it could be great tragedy. But like most inheritances... We really had no say over that, but we are more likely to be measured by those things that we build. So I didn't ask for the circumstances that I came from, but I did feel a responsibility to change that past, to make certain that the mistakes of that past were not repeated. And in the process, set an example of how exactly you can overcome great tragedy and along the way inspire others to do the same because I really didn't feel like I had a choice. I did not want to be the kind of person who stood in front of an audience one day and said, well, I'm all of these things, whether it was a life of crime or rehabilitation, and say, well, I've had all these struggles in my life because of what I came from. I knew and always felt the loss of those things, and I was determined not to repeat it. So my ladder was against a different wall, and that's probably best manifested in my children. I still had this last name of Pemberton for less than half my life, but my children have never known life without it.
And that's exactly as it should be. And that's exactly as I wanted it. And now you're a Divisional Vice President and Chief Diversity Officer at Walgreens, and I would be remiss if I didn't ask you about your thoughts about the value of diversity in America and where we are on that front. Yeah, I think that we're at the crossroads. We're constantly looking for cultural signifiers, whether it be race or religion. We almost seem to need difference as a way of defining one another. And I still see those conversations happening almost daily. We see them on display whenever a societal issue emerges. But here's what I learned in the course of unpacking my own life story. My mother was white. My father was black. But I learned that none of us look like our story. You really don't know anything about anyone simply based on looking at them, that every single one of us have depth, dimension, a history that we've come from more likely to make us more like one another than there is difference. But more than anything else, I learned that you have to work at that. As me and my siblings had to learn both sides of my family, we had to work at becoming a family, had to work at overcoming some of the differences and some of the pain that we inherited that we didn't ask for. I don't think we're having that conversation as much as we should. We seemingly look at each other through veiled eyes and almost eyes askew to some degree and think that we can define people very easily and then we run off to our respective corners and lob salvos at one another. But that's really not the history of America. That's not how we've overcome so many hurdles and obstacles. It was by uniting. I mean, that's our history and that's what we should be aspiring to, not difference. Steve Pemberton, the author of the book, A Chance in the World, An Orphan Boy, A Mysterious Past, and How He Found a Place to Call Home. Steve, do you have a website? I do. It's chanceintheworld.com. You can also find me on Facebook and Twitter. Well, thank you very much for joining us on InfoTrack. Thank you so much for having me. And for InfoTrack, I'm Roy Mackey. You're listening to InfoTrack, the weekly show with information you should know. A production of Syndication Networks of Chicago.